My name is Stephen Millage. I'm the elementary director here, and I'm, it's a special morning. I'm going to invite our third graders up to the stage. We've got our third graders this morning, and this weekend we're getting to celebrate with families here um, as they dedicate their kids before the Lord and raising them up and before their church family, before each of you all. But this weekend as well, we have the honor to bring up our third graders. And now we have a tradition here at Calvary that our third graders get a Bible. And in this room, we always hear Pastor Sean teach from the NIV. And our kids, they receive the NIRV, which is the New International Reader's Version. And so it's written at a third grade level. It's written for them to understand the words that God has given to us and for them to comprehend as they grow developmentally. And so we get to see child dedications this morning. We get to see parents dedicating their little ones before the Lord. And now we get to see our third graders who are a little bit further along in the journey and we get to pray over them. And so you'll see them holding up their Bibles that they got to choose specifically for them and they get to read through those. And there's an inscription on the inside that says that we hope that this Bible would be a light under their path, that they would look to God and his words to guide their lives, and we get to pray with them as well. And along with that inscription, there's also a highlighted verse in the Bible. Now, third graders, you're going to try and find that verse, but not right now, because I don't want you to rifle through and just find it, but I want you to read through God's Word. And then when you stumble upon that verse and it's highlighted, I want you to come back and show us that verse, and we can celebrate that you're reading through God's Word. But Calvary family, if you'll join me, we're going to pray over our third graders. We're going to pray over their families and the Bible that we've put into their hands, that we get to be a part of their lives, and that we get to grow alongside each other. So if, uh, if you feel comfortable, I'd encourage you to extend a hand as we pray over our third graders this morning. God, thank you for this opportunity that we get to have your words in our hands. And God, that we get to pray over these third graders. God, I pray for them. I pray for their families. God, that you would continue to lead and guide them in all things. God, that they would look to you and your words to lead their lives God, that they would seek to live in love like Jesus did while here on earth. And God, that we can share that love with others. So God, thank you for your words. Thank you for the encouragement that it brings us, for the comfort, for the peace, for the strength that you give to us through these words, through each other. As the Calvary family, we pray that we would come alongside them, alongside their families, as we seek to live in love like Jesus, to share that love with those in our lives and beyond in this world. God, we pray all these things because of the powerful work that Jesus did. And it's in his name that we pray. And everyone said... Amen. Thank you, Calvary family. We're going to continue through our service this morning. All right, there, guys. We're going to head down the stairs. Thank you guys so much. And I hope that uh, they'll get into God's Word. And as uh, Stephen mentioned, uh, that the milestones of life that we walk with families, this is one of those. Uh, Some of these kids were dedicated here on this platform years ago and now receiving a Bible they can read for themselves. And I want to thank Stephen and his whole team. He directs our elementary ministries and does a great job with that. And uh, this is such an important day for them as they receive those Bibles and they'll be taught how to read them, how to understand what it says for us in our world today and how we live by that book and obey it. I also um, consider this just a great privilege that we get to uh, dedicate babies and their parents to the Lord. When the disciples were pushing children away, Jesus said, no, no, let them come. He said, it's their faith, it's the kind of faith that's needed to enter into my kingdom. And so he took the children and he blessed them. And we're gonna do that. And as we dedicate these kids to the Lord, we dedicate their parents to the Lord, and we dedicate ourselves as a church to walk with them in this journey to see their kids come to Christ and grow in Christ. And so uh, pray with us as we pray. And we had one baby in the nine o'clock, Juno, and uh, she was as cute as could be. And we've got uh, three in this service. We've been doing our child dedications 
uh, more frequently so that we can spread these out a little bit and, and uh, can focus on some of these kids more individually in, in the process. Trisha Davis is here and she's going to read the background uh, for the kids and the verse their families have chosen. Yes, thank you, Pastor Sean. Well, first up, we have Annabelle May Catanese. And she's accompanied by her parents, Seth and Elise. Their prayer for Annabelle comes from 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18, which says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. All right, this is the first time we got to hold Juno and now get to hold Annabelle. First time in two years I've held babies up here, which feels good, it feels great. And uh, she seems to like it. A lot of kids reject me, but she hasn't. Let's stop and pray for Seth Elise and for little baby Annabelle here. Father, thank you for this precious little girl. Thank you for the gift that you've given to Seth and Elise. And I pray, Father, for them as parents, that they would be the kind of example and uh, a witness that they need to be for their daughter as she grows. May they be able to talk to her about Jesus. May they point her toward you. May she come to know Christ as her personal Savior at a young age, and may she grow to thrive and uh, be a young woman who shines for Jesus wherever she goes. Thank you for the part we have as a church to be able to walk with them in this journey, and we long for that day when she'll be up here getting one of those third-grade Bibles, and she'll continue her walk with you. Bless her parents. Give them just patience and love and wisdom that's going to be required to raise this little life in the world today. In Jesus' name, we dedicate her and her parents to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. She got a little unhappy with me. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well, next we have Hensley and Bodie Peterson. And they're with their parents, Jared and Michelle, and older brother, Asher. They have chosen Matthew 18.10 for Hensley's life verse, which says, See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that there are angels in heaven. Always they see the face of my Father in heaven. And for Bodhi's life verse, they have chosen Proverbs 31, no, Proverbs 3, verses 21 through 26, which say, My son... Do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. We are praising Jesus for these two precious children right now. All right. You know, uh, Jared and Michelle are some of the folks who lost their home during the Woolsey fire. And uh, they showed up that Sunday. And uh, we had to tell them there wasn't church. And they said their kids would be disappointed. But uh, they lost everything, and we were able to help them. And uh, 
These three little ones have been nurtured by their parents. And I remember, one thing you might remember, there was a mug that was found in the ashes, but it was in the ashes at your place. And the mug, remind me what it said. Did it say, trust in the Lord? I can't remember exactly what it said now, but it was, was, yeah, trust in the Lord with all your heart, it said. And it was the one thing that kind of survived in the midst of all the the ashes and the rubble, but uh, so glad to see that your family is doing well, and we want to pray for Hensley and for Bodie. Father, thank you for Hensley. Thank you for her life, and we just ask that you would bless her. We thank you for Bodie and his life, and we ask that you would bless these two as they grow and uh, thrive in you. And Father, I pray that you would give their mom and dad the strength they need to walk with you daily, to trust you daily with their kids, help them to have wisdom when they need wisdom, patience when they need patience, and may... uh, all of their kids know that they love you and that um, they want their children to know what it means to walk with Jesus. I pray that Bodie would come to Christ at a young age and grow to be a man who shines for Jesus, that Hensley would grow in her uh, walk with you and become a young woman who shines for Jesus. We ask your blessing on their family and we pray for Jared and Michelle that you would uh, just use them to nurture these lives. And as we walked with them through that fire, Uh, We look forward to walking with them and their family as they raise these kids in you. We dedicate Bodie and Hensley to you, Lord, and their parents to you. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) He's fascinated with my nose. So (laughs) he's surprised by the the applause. That's great. Thank you very much. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there in every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I'm grateful for Pastor Brian uh, reading that. And if you want to open your Bibles or go on a Bible app that you might have on your smart device, uh, join us in Ephesians chapter 4. We'll be looking at verses 7 through 16 together. I want to give you a heads up about next weekend here at Calvary and all three of our services. We have a guest speaker. I think this is our first outside guest speaker since COVID began. And it is a friend and partner of ours in ministry, David Yagnazar will be with us in all of those services. He is the president and leader of Elam Ministries, and uh, they have a ministry to the Iranian church. The fastest growing church in the world today is in Iran. 
and God is doing a work there, and they are outside the country trying to help uh, uh, fan the flames of the church there in Iran, and people are coming to Jesus. If you're here a few years ago, he was a real blessing to us. I know he's going to be a blessing to us as he joins us next weekend as our guest speaker. I turned 40 about 15 years ago, and when I turned 40, I recognized that things kind of go downhill from there. We were living back east still and was serving there in a church, and, and um, I was starting to think, I need to work out because the weight is just staying with me now. It's not disappearing anymore at certain seasons or whatever. So there was a man in the church I knew worked out, and I said, what would you suggest? You know, is there a gym I should go to? I thought I'd get some input from him. He said, why don't you just join me? I said, okay. I said, well, you got to take it easy on me because I'm not used to this. And he said, oh, yeah, all right. And we started doing some weights and some other things. I'd say, wow, this is pretty heavy. He'd say, oh, it's like one-fiftieth of what I do. You're, I'm really taking it easy on you so we don't hurt you and you ease into this. And so we moved to a different machine. I'd say, wow, that is really heavy. Oh, it's still just a, just a little bit of what I would do. And he said, I'm really taking it easy on you. Well, by the time I left there, I'm driving home. My hands are on the steering wheel, and I'm quivering and I'm just feeling awful. I've sweat out every drop of liquid in me. I get home and I start vomiting. I'm still shaking and vomiting. It took me all night to recover. And I finally, I finally recovered. And the next morning I went into the office and I said to a couple of the other pastors on the team, I said, wow, I, I really am out of shape. I was trying to ease in. I just, my body just couldn't handle even easing into this. And, and they said, well, what are you doing? I said, well, so-and-so uh, said I could work out with him for a little while and he'll show me the way. And they said, are you crazy? This guy works out before he goes to work. He works out after he goes to work every day. And many days during the week, he works out at lunch. What would seem easy to him is gonna kill you. You need to find a different workout partner. You're not gonna be building up your body. You're just gonna be ripping it apart. And I think when we talk about the body of Christ, the, the believers, the church, it's important for us to understand that God has some ways in which we can be built together in a healthy way so our witness in the world as a church, our witness in the world as individuals shines brighter. Today we're going to talk about building up the body from Ephesians 4, 7 through 16. And I want us to see in this passage that for others to see Christ in me, to see Christ in Sean, they must see Christ in us as a church. There is the big C church in the world. It's everybody who knows Jesus everywhere. No matter where they live, who they are, how old they are, if they put their faith in Jesus, they're part of the body of Christ, big C church. Then there is little C church. That's where we function. We have our accountability. We can gather. We can be known and, and know others and walk the journey together in local expressions. There are thousands of local churches uh, acro across the country, and there are millions around the world. There are a number of them, dozens of them, right here in the greater Canal Valley, people who are proclaiming Christ, teaching God's word. And Calvary Community Church is one of those local expressions. We are a local body of believers. And Paul is writing to a local church in Ephesus, and he's encouraging them to build one another up so that they collectively can have a witness in the world that is strong for Christ. For others to see Christ in us, we must each help build up the body. We all have a responsibility to pour into one another so that we can grow. And I'm not talking numerically here. I'm talking about in our witness, in our testimony, in our love for each other. Because Jesus said, the way they'll know you are my followers is by how you love each other. In a polarized world, if we can love each other, even with other differences, we can be a demonstration of Christ lived out in us collectively and as individuals. 
For others to see Christ in me, they must see Christ in us. It's so important that we have a collective witness that is strong for Christ today in our world. I want to thank those of you who do a lot to build up the body. You serve, you plug in with children and students. Some of you plug in in terms of our hospitality of greeting or ushering or parking. Some of you do stuff on the platform. Some of you do stuff behind the scenes. Some of you are working in outreach. There are all kinds of ministries that folks are connected with. And I just wanna say thank you. I know some have even tried to do that when they couldn't be here through the COVID season. They've tried to lean in. Others of you have been able to lean in uh, more quickly than some. But I just wanna say thank you to all of you who serve in various ministries here at Calvary so that we build each other up and we reach out to our neighbors and friends and co-workers with the love of Christ. One of those areas where I know a number of people have invested in the last couple of months is in our high school ministry and our middle school ministry. Both went off to Hume Lake Christian Camp up north in the Sierras and they... Uh, they uh, poured into the lives of students. And just last week, the middle school ministry had a follow-up service in the 11 o'clock service last week, and they baptized 10 individuals who wanted the world to know, 10 middle schoolers who said, I want my friends in the world to know I'm a follower of Jesus. And thank you for those of you who poured into their lives. Watch this video. It just gives you a sense of what people are pouring into as they pour into the next generation right there in middle school. I was breathing but not alive All my failures I tried to hide It was my change Till I made You come Don't you love that? And again, thank you to those of you who take your time to invest in the next generation here at Calvary. So we're gonna build up the body and each of us are gonna lean in, plug in, be active contributors, not just spectators to what God is doing in his local church. What is that gonna look like? Well, let's look first at how the body is built up. In verses seven through 12 of Ephesians 4, the apostle Paul expresses how the body is built up. And first of all, it begins with this fact that Christ has uniquely given me gifts to enrich us. He's uniquely given you gifts to enrich us. Not me, Sean the pastor, but Sean the follower of Christ has been given gifts by our Lord to help grow and strengthen the body here at Calvary. Now, in verses 8, 9, and 10, uh, the Apostle Paul quotes from a psalm, Psalm 68, and he's quoting from this psalm that is a psalm of victory. You see, in the ancient world, a, an army would start on one hill and another army on the other hill, and they'd go into a valley or a flat area, and they would go to battle. And so they would descend into battle, and they would ascend, whoever survived this 
you know, close-knit battle. It wasn't like rockets and missiles that we see in the news today. They had to get close to each other, and whoever was still standing came out the other end. They ascended. And whoever the general or king or soldier was that was credited with the victory, they were the one who took the spoils that had been taken from the people they conquered, the things, and they took those they had captured. You remember in the Old Testament, when Daniel was captured from Jerusalem by the Babylonians, he and some very smart Uh, wise young men were taken because nations would take people and they would hope to help them learn in their own culture, in their own country from these individuals, these wise people, these folks they felt could contribute. And so there is this imagery in Psalm 68 uh, of our God, and specifically now this is being referenced by Paul to Christ, how Christ, he descended from heaven, came and walked among us in flesh, was crucified and then was buried. He descended and there he conquered the grave and hell and sin so that we could be free. And so as he was raised from the dead, then he later ascended to the Father and he is the victor. You see, in the ancient world, the victor was the one who got to give out the spoils, the the gifts of war. And the victor was the one who got to assign where the people who were brought in to help strengthen the culture and the nation, they got to assign those people to individuals and groups of people that they would help. And Paul is drawing on that imagery from Psalm 68 and saying, our great victor has first of all given us gifts. In verse seven, we read, but to each one of us, last week we talked about our unity and who we are together. You know, Christ is the head of the church and we are the body and some of us are the hand, some of us are the foot, some of us are the eye, but we all are a part of the body of Christ. In this case here at Calvary, the local church, little c, But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. He has given us grace, good things we didn't deserve, gifts. Now, there are three kind of gifts that God gives us to leverage in life. One are our natural abilities. When you're born, you just had some things that were part of your DNA and your ancestry. Some things came out and you might have had a propensity toward creativity or maybe you were more technical. Maybe you were outspoken. Maybe you were more reflective. We all have different personalities and natural abilities and natural gifts. And we're to leverage those for the glory of God and the good of others. But then we all have life experiences that shape us, the good, the bad, and the ugly, even the wounds of our past that we would never want to relive. God wants to use those things to encourage others. That's why 2 Corinthians chapter 1 says that we comfort one another with the love God has already comforted us with. And so some of you have gone through some experiences, and the gift you bring to the table is you get to share how God comforted you and took you through that, how you survived that, and that's a gift So we bring our natural abilities, our good, bad, and ugly of our life experiences, and these become gifts that we use to build up the body, to invest in each other. There's a third category of gifts that probably are more more directly being referenced here by Paul, and he talks about these same gifts in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. Peter talks about them in 1 Peter 4. These are spiritual gifts, just like at your physical birth, you were given abilities and skills that you were just born with, then at our spiritual birth, when we put our faith in Jesus and we're given new life in Christ and made a part of his family, we're given spiritual gifts. Again, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Peter 4, a talk about the kinds of gifts God gives. And every one of us has a spiritual gift to be used. I don't have time to dive deeper in that right now, but we have in our discipleship classes 
As you move through Discover Calvary, our 101 class into 102, uh, to the 200 class, the 300 level class, the 400 level classes, there, there is a place in that journey where you stop and they, they help you discover what your spiritual gift may be that you were given when you came to Jesus Christ. Some have one or two gifts, but we all have at least one gift that God intends to be used to help build up the body along with our natural abilities and our life experiences. Romans 12, 6 says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us, the gifting that uh, our victor Christ has given us. First Peter 4.10 from the New Living Translation says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve each other. Now we have a choice when it comes to these gifts. We can either share them or hoard them. There are people who are part of a church that are just spectators that just watch and see what they can get out of church. Then there are those who, yes, they get out of church, but they also put in, they take, and they share the gifts God has given them for the betterment of the body. And maybe you're looking for a way to plug in. Maybe you haven't been involved in ministry in a couple of years just because of all that we've gone through. Maybe you're newer to us in recent years and you haven't had an opportunity to lean in. Can I encourage you to lean in? Last week I talked about how we need to show up, but I also think we need to lean in, not just be united as one, but then we've gotta be building up the body together. And you could go to our website and just look at the different ministries and there are opportunities there to email and say, yeah, I'd like to, to be involved in this or that. But can I just say, we're all gonna be held responsible one day for the gifts God has given us. And if we were hoarding those gifts, that's gonna be a problem. That, that's gonna be an issue. But if we're investing those gifts, God is going to make a difference and build up the body of Christ here known as Calvary Community Church so that we are even brighter in our light for him. And we're taking the hope of Jesus to a world that is desperate for hope in these times. Are you sharing the gifts God has given you with the body or are you hoarding them? God's gonna ask you that question one day. Let me encourage you to lean in. Some of you might be saying, okay, but how do I just try to figure this out right now? Author Jim George puts it this way. Start where you are. Do anything you can do. Do everything you can do until you find something you must do. That something is probably your spiritual gift. You can't just sit back and speculate, but there are ways that when you just get moving, get involved, you'll learn, okay, I'm not, this is not my area. This is not my thing. But this, I'm finding fulfillment and joy in, and others are noticing the gifts I've been given. But find a way to utilize your gift within the body of Christ. There's a second way in which the body's built up. Not only through the gifts our victor gives each of us, but then you remember it said he led captives, those who were captives with him in his victory. And we have been snared away from the grips of hell and, and condemnation in our victor. And he has given amongst us individuals who are there to build us up. Christ has intentionally given us people to equip me, to equip you. And these are not just paid people. These are not just people who get up on this platform. But throughout the body, these kinds of people are a part of every local body of believers. And notice what the passage says here in verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people, to equip his people for works of service. Why? So that the body of Christ might be built up. Some of us have been given to the church 
to help equip people to love God more and serve God more, to love God's people more and to serve God's people more, and then to love more people, to help equip us know how do we reach other people for Christ? Pastor Brian Howard did a great job talking about Christ being the cornerstone and, uh, and the apostles and prophets being the foundation. One of the things that you see in these five types of individuals that are a part of every church is God has gifted every church with all these different gifts is, is the essence of even what an apostle was or a prophet was. When you think of an apostle, that was someone who started stuff. They launched, like Paul went around launching churches and movements of churches and apostles within the assembly today have kind of a missionary mindset and they launch things. They might start ministries. They know how to get things up and going. It's kind of a spiritual entrepreneurial outlook on things. Prophets are people who can look at the culture and they take God's word, the truth, and they address the culture. Evangelists, you might be thinking Billy Graham and you say, I couldn't be an evangelist and I don't see anybody getting stadiums full of people. Well, even Billy Graham understood that evangelists equip others. He did a lot of equipping of other people to do the work of sharing the faith, of sharing the good news, of evangelizing. So there are people, even within our assembly, there are men and women, young and old, probably some of those middle schoolers even, who, who are given to us. And as they grow in, in Christ, they're able to help us evangelize others and deal with conversations. They equip us. And then there are pastors and teachers. This could be one word in the way it's there in the original pastor teacher, but there are those who shepherd. A pastor is a shepherd. And there are people within our body who don't have the title pastor. There are men and women who shepherd other people through things and through life's journeys and in their spiritual walk. And teachers are people who open the word of God and help us understand how to study it and how to look at it and understand what God is saying. And now look at this gifting, you know, kind of a creative launching new ministry, uh, speaking the truth into this culture, helping equip us in sharing our faith, helping equip us to shepherd one another and care for one another, helping us understand God's word and how to teach it and study it. These are the people God has given us, and some of you are those people, and I'm afraid there are times in which people sit in churches and hoard the gifts God's given that are to be used to bless the body and build the body. We're given a choice. As these people speak into our lives even, are we gonna grow or are we gonna wither? Are you gonna grow with the gifting God has given you or are you just gonna wither on the vine? If you're just spectating and getting out of church what you can get out of church, you're missing a dimension that God wants you to experience. Not just to be one with us in, in your identity in Christ, which is very important, but then we're to be building up each other. Not again so that we get more people necessarily, but that we have a vibrant and healthy love for one another that becomes a witness in the world that draws people to Jesus. Are you growing or are you withering? I know I've read a lot of research that says a lot of Christians withered in the last couple of years under all the pressures we faced, all the noise. Maybe it's a time for you to take a fresh step toward growing and thriving in Jesus. This is how the body is built. Are you using the Gifts God's given you, the natural abilities, the life experiences, the spiritual gifts? If not, find a way, speak to us, go online, reach out, engage. Maybe you've been holding off in the last few years. It's time to engage. Have you been allowing people to equip you that God has given, to equip you in these various ways? We need to be growing, not withering. That's how the body is built up.
as we are used by God's Spirit to build one another up in the Lord. Secondly, let's look at when the body is built up. There are five things we see that are markers of a body that is being built up and is healthy and is growing properly in the Lord. The first one is unity, where we're one in Christ. If you look at verse 13, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. Unity in Christ. We talked about that last week and how we're to make every effort to pursue unity in the Spirit through the bond of peace. We are one in Christ, we talked about. We need to focus on him and who he is and find our unity in him. Now, we've, we've had an opportunity to connect with churches. Here, a local church in Westlake Village, California, connect with local churches in places like Moldova and in Poland and inside Ukraine itself as we've got partners that we support on a regular basis who are there that I've talked to you about. Last week, we said, you know, we're opening up a Ukraine relief fund. And praise God, together, we came together, and that fund on the first weekend received $113,000. That's, I'm humbled by that. I don't know about you, but we get to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. We get to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And, you know, we, we, we had such a great Christmas offering. We celebrated, and I said there are ebbs and flows, and, and kind of one of those low moments or whatever would be called uh, February and January in terms of our giving. It wasn't quite as strong as December because we all rallied in December for that year-end giving. And so there could have been some caution on our part to say, well, should we ask them to invest in Ukraine when we've got to keep ministries going here so that we can keep supporting the things in Ukraine? And we never even said that, but... Last week, not only did you give that much to Ukraine, but it was one of our strongest offerings of the year. We were able to end February right about where we need to be in the first six months in terms of our giving and our income and our expenses. That's, that's a praise to God. That's unity in the body, just pouring in together so we can make a difference here, but we could also make a difference around the world. Now, we have been able to give to Ukrainian Relief, already gone out the door $47,000. We're trying to do this in a very deliberate, intentional way, not just throw money and people just go do whatever they want with it, but we're partnering with other local churches. Ruslan is inside, one of our partners there in Western Ukraine. He has stayed. They've now got 30 people living in the soup kitchen we built there that we feed the gypsy children out of. And uh, we either yesterday or today, depending what day it is and what time it is, a truck with $10,000 worth of food and diapers and medicine and mattresses and blankets cross the Hungarian border into Ukraine to get those supplies to Ruslan to minister to the people who are flooding that way. Just 30 of them are living there. He's got some in his house. Other people have them in their homes. We were able to give our partner Communitas $20,000 to invest in Polish churches and in Czech Republic churches where they're along the border and some families, Christian families from churches are taking in 30 to 50 people. They have one bedroom, one bathroom, two bedrooms, one bathroom. They're taking in 30 to 50 people. And they need help and supplies, so we've got immediate stuff going into those churches so that from this local church to those local churches, now they can be the hands and feet of Jesus. If anybody, maybe we'll never, no one will ever know that a church in California was involved, but they're going to see the face of Jesus through that local church in those different countries. We were able to get uh, some supplies directly into Kiev this week through a new partner we've been introduced to, and that was pretty tricky. I want to thank Pastor Brian Field for his hard work on that as our missions and outreach pastor, 
But I say this to say that this is a part of us being united together and uniting with other believers in the big C church to help local C churches, little C churches, expressions of God right there in those countries. And you can go to calvarywestlake.org Ukraine if you wanna to add to that relief fund. All the dollars there go directly to help like I just described. The first funds we sent went into Moldova to help a network of churches that our missionaries, Jim and Ruth Overton, are connected with. And they sent us a video, just kind of a video update of what's going on there. Uh, watch this update from the Moldovan church and see what we have already invested in in helping the refugees out of Ukraine in Jesus' name. Ну, конечно, ночь бессонная. Я знала, где какой бункер, куда бежать, в какой больнице, в каком храме. Продумала уже маршруты, путь. Но это все с детьми. Мы три дня подождали, три ночи мы толком не ночевали, потому что за окном было неспокойно. Мы слышали какие-то взрывы, возможно, это было ПВО. Также был взрыв, подорвали дорогу. В общем, три ночи мы абсолютно не спали, приняли решение приехать просто выехать из, из Украины, потому что было очень неспокойно. Об этом месте мы узнали благодаря пасторе церкви Пакитка, который нас как бы скоординировал, что здесь нас могут приютить, могут дать нам кровь. Я могу сказать, что мы, мы просто не ожидали, что здесь все так мега... Круто все организовано, нам больше, чем хватает. Я не знаю, как это по-другому сказать. То есть каждый день нас спрашивают, что вам нужно. Нам помогают, нам предоставляют абсолютно все для ежедневной потребности человека, да, если так могу сказать. У меня трое детей. Самый младший ему 9 месяцев. Здесь он ни в чем не нуждается. То есть... От питания, памперсы, медикаменты, вплоть до того, что приходит доктор, который проверяет здоровы дети, нездоровы дети, проверяет взрослых, оказывает медицинскую помощь. Это очень, очень важно для мам, у которых есть дети. А в основном все, все бегут женщины, женщины с детьми. Бог благословил, и мы организовали комитет, который заботится о том, чтобы вся работа проводилась здесь, на территории Духовного центра. В этот оргкомитет мы распределили обязанности, и каждый знает, чем должен заниматься для того, чтобы людям здесь было комфортно и хорошо. Каждый день есть большой поток тех, кто приезжает и тех, кто уезжает. Три раза в день им предоставляется горячая пища. Каждый вечер в этом зале собирается более 200 человек для того, чтобы вместе попеть, пообщаться и помолиться о ситуации в Украине. С момента, как пересекли э, границу, э, у меня просто слезы выступали на глазах, потому что не, не было ни одного неравнодушного человека. Чай, кофе, чем вам помочь? У вас есть жилье? Нас останавливала полиция, спрашивала, где вы разместились, у вас все хорошо. И вот просто вот абсолютно все, это для меня настолько неожиданно, меня вот постоянно вот накатывало, накатывало. Вот я поняла, насколько я защищена, я успокоилась, поняла, что я не пропаду. Питание, это транспортные расходы, чтобы доставить людей с таможни сюда, и оплата за отопление. Я хочу сказать, вот просто поблагодарить от всего сердца, спасибо 
молдавскому братскому народу то, что он помогает нам, украинцам. Спасибо, мы очень-очень благодарны, потому что ну, представить, что тебя кто-то вот так примет и будет для тебя что-то делать бесплатно, во имя Бога, это, это ну, дорогого стоит. Спасибо вам огромное за это. Мы благодарны нашему Господу за отзывчивость церквей и за немедленное реагирование многих наших членов церкви, которые активно вовлеклись в работе с беженцами из Украины. Больше всего нас вдохновляет к этой работе вера в Господа Иисуса Христа, который любит каждого человека, и сострадание его к людям, которые нуждаются. I don't know about you, but I'm humbled that we get to be a part of something bigger than us. We get to connect here in our local church with local churches there, and they are showing the love of Jesus to people who are hurting. I heard this week that just this weekend there are over two million refugees have left Ukraine. A million of them are under the age of 18. Another 500 to 750,000 of them are women under 50, and then elderly and uh, men Uh, that makes up the other 250,000-plus now refugees. And so meeting these needs and helping these moms is a big deal, and we're able to do that in a variety of places. You can continue, continue to follow what we're doing at calvarywestlake.org slash Ukraine. It's not only a place you can give to the Relief Fund, but that video is there. There are other things there. We're updating that during the week so you can see what God is doing with what we've been able to unite together to do. And so unity is a part of what happens when we're building each other up in a healthy way. And the second thing is maturity. We become mature, the last part of verse 13 says, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Maturity is becoming like Christ. When we're building each other up, there's unity together around Christ, then we are maturing and Christ is being seen in us in the way in which we live. Colossians 1.28 says, He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we present everyone fully mature in Christ. Just like we're talking about babies and third graders, and you can see the maturation between those ages here today on the stage. We, as followers of Christ, need to mature and grow. Maturity is a mark of a body being built up. And when there's unity and maturity, then stability is seen among the believers. And verse 14 kind of gives the negative side of this, that we're mature, why? Then verse 14 says, we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. It's easy to get caught up in this and that on the internet and all these, and it doesn't measure up to scripture. And so every wind of teaching comes along, we're just tossed around, we have no anchor. Our anchor is in Christ and in his word. Then there, it says there are even people who in their cunningness and their craftiness are scheming to get out of us in the name of God, in the name of Jesus, what they can get out of us. And we have to be careful that stability we'll see in verse 15 is found in the truth of God's word and the love that's found in Jesus Christ. Stability comes with maturity as we build each other up. We'll help each other be stable in God's truth and God's love. Fourthly, clarity clarity in what we say and how we say it. This is where that truth and love comes and the stability. And then we're able to communicate with one another and communicate with the world with a clarity that only comes as we communicate with truth and love. Instead, verse 15 says, not, don't be tossed around. Instead, speaking the truth and love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. We are the body, he is the head. 
And as we speak the truth in love, maturity continues to happen. But there needs to be this clarity of speaking the truth in love. There's some people who are Christians who say, oh, I'm just about truth, I'm just about truth, to the point that it's, it's really unfiltered brutality. Then there's some say, oh, you know what, I just don't wanna get into anything controversial, I don't wanna make any judgments on anything, so I'm just about love, I don't wanna deal with the truth of what God's word says. And they get to the point where there's untethered sentimentality. Both are dangerous. That's why we need to communicate what God says, but to do it in love. One of my prayers every week is that I'll speak the truth in love. Even as I share the good news of Jesus, I, I try to say the truth, there's bad news, we're all sinners in need of a savior. Good news is Jesus died for us so that we can have a relationship with God forever and forgiveness through his death, burial, and resurrection. But I have to tell the truth that we all need to come to that place or we face a Christless eternity in judgment, but Jesus took the judgment we deserve on the cross. When you put your faith in him, you're forgiven, you become his child. And we need to communicate that incredible love of God. Maybe you're hearing that again. I hope you're hearing the truth and you're hearing the love of God as I'm speaking. Maybe you haven't come to that place that you've rested your faith in Jesus Christ. Our care team will be down front. If you have questions, you can pray right where you are and receive Christ, but if you have questions, they can help you. I'll be out on the patio. I'd love to speak with you. If you say, okay, what does it mean to be a Christian? How do you know that good news for yourself? And if you're joining us online or even the room, it's, it's more helpful to you. You can just text the name Jesus to the number below me on the screen and you'll immediately get the response that'll help you grow in Jesus and we'll follow up with you to make sure you know what it means to grow in that truth of God and the love of God. We wanna have clarity and clarity comes as we build each other up in the Lord. Fifth and finally is ministry. When we build each other up, ministry takes place. This is each part lovingly doing its part. Notice again, this emphasis on building up the body. Verse 16, from him, from Jesus Christ, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. Remember, Jesus said to his disciples, the way they'll know you are my followers is how you love each other. In all your differences, if you can be united in me, pouring your gifts into one another, allowing those that God has given to help us be equipped for every good work, to speak into our lives, seeking that unity and maturity and stability and clarity that comes from Christ, what flows from all of that, from him, the whole body then, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Not just as the pastor preaches every week, but as each one of us use our gifts and we allow folks to speak into our lives to help us grow and thrive and those God has given to help equip are doing what God has given them to do. As we're doing that, as we're plugging in and we're pouring into each other, we're this ragtag group of people with different backgrounds and different experiences, different gifting, but together we can make an impressive impact. We can be rescuers together of broken families and broken lives in our community. We can together be a part of the rescue that's going on to reach those refugees in Ukraine and with our partners all over the world. But it takes us together, building up each other to be healthy and vibrant so we can make a difference here and around the world. Do you help build up the body or do you mostly get from it what you can? I hope you're building up the body. Maybe you say, okay, it's time I plug in. We're new. Then go to our website, look at those different ministries. Give us a call, sign up for Discover Calvary as soon as it's made available in the next couple of weeks so you can get to know who we are and get plugged in in a more vital way. 
Do you help build up the body or do you mostly get from it what you can? We should all be adding and contributing, not just being spectators. One of my favorite movies came out in 2017, simply called Dunkirk, and it rehearsed the history of an event that occurred in 1940. The spring of 1940 found Hitler's panzer divisions mopping up French troops and preparing for a siege of Great Britain. The Dutch had already surrendered, as had the Belgians. The British army foundered on the coast of France in the channel port of Dunkirk. Nearly a quarter million young British soldiers, 250,000, and over 100,000 Allied troops faced capture or death. The Fuhrer's troops, only a few miles away in the hills of France, closed in on an easy kill. The Royal Navy had enough ships to save 17,000 of the 350,000 men trapped on the shores of France. In the House of Commons, they were told to brace itself for a hard and heavy bad news. Then, while a despairing world watched with fading hope, a bizarre fleet of ships appeared on the horizon of the English Channel. Trawlers, tugs, fishing sloops, lifeboats, sailboats, pleasure craft, an island ferry named Gracie Fields, and even the America's Cup Challenger Endeavor, all manned by civilian sailors, sped to the rescue. The ragtag armada eventually rescued 338,682 of the 350,000 men and returned them home to the shores of England as pilots from the Royal Air Force jockeyed with German pilots in the skies above the channel. It was one of the most remarkable naval operations in history. And that rescue took a whole bunch of different boats of different sizes. And when they arrived, they brought great relief and hope to the soldiers who'd been trapped and thought they were going to stay on those beaches to be killed. We're going to show a clip in just a moment of those boats arriving, what it was like for those trapped, seeing them coming. Unfortunately, due to things out of our control, we're not able to show this online. But um, those of you who are online, you can go to our social media and we're posting a link to this video so you can watch it. Those of you in the room, this is just such an incredible and powerful video. It's a picture to me of who we are as a church, reaching out into our community, reaching out around the world, that together we're all different shapes and sizes, all different gifting, but when we are together, God can use us in a mighty way to bring his hope to hurting people. Watch this clip. That is such a powerful image in my mind of who we are as a local church, who we are as the big C church in the world today. We're to take whoever we are, whatever God's gifted us with, and be rescuers of others in Jesus' name. Whether it's a broken family here, someone going through tough stuff in our community, or refugees on the other side of the globe, God uses all of us to bring that kind of hope to a world that is polarized and trapped in darkness. I get inspired by the thought of the church building itself up in love so that we can have that kind of impact in our world today. Father, thank you for giving us the body of believers. Help us to lean in, to be engaged, to be involved. This is a new season, a fresh opportunity for us to minister to children and students, to people in our community, senior citizens, to young moms, to all kinds of folks. And I pray that all of us would take what you've given us, whatever it is, whatever shape it is, whatever it looks like, 
and invest it to build each other up so that we then can take those same gifts and bring hope and rescue to a world drowning in need and hurt and pain. Use me, use us as a part of this body to make a difference here and around the world for your glory and the good of others. May we be bound together in love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.